Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Healthy is Hot podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Wilde, TV host by day, sweatpant connoisseur by night, and a health and a life coach always. From hashtag to movement, we believe that loving all sides of you is what's healthy, and healthy is hot. Come hang out as we have raw, real conversations with badass individuals living passionate lives, thriving to make their dreams come true, and diving deep into how they got to where they are. And the best part? How health is a key component of all of it. From the highs to the lows, we get into it. From fitness to mental health to aspirational careers, get ready to be inspired. Also, we don't hold back. There might be swearing, there's definitely going to be some laughing. And hopefully you can take something away from these conversations to live your best life, to live your Healthy is Hot life. Brought to you by Clarence. Hello, Healthy is Hot community. We've got a very special guest today. Adele Tevlin is with us, the CEO and founder of the CEO Blueprint, a transformational leadership and development company. Get this, over the last 20 years, Adele has specialized in helping businesses leaders in North America create and produce massive elevations in their leadership and performance. Yes, yes, yes. And the thing is, is not only does her work apply to the business environment, it also allows her clients to incorporate her methodology into their personal lives and relationships because we all know, friends, how we do one thing is how we do everything. Um, she's a behavioral expert, someone I don't think we've had yet, pattern interrupter that uses a combination of cognitive behavioral therapy, neuroscience, and psychology. <laughs> clients achieve the transformation and breakthroughs they're committed to making in their lives. I mean, Adele, that is like, my gosh, you have got so much going on into your yes. practice. Yes, I do. I do have so much going on. <laughs> That's one way of saying it. <laughs> it's super, super inspiring. And I alluded to this before we started recording, but it made me so excited to learn about you and your approach to coaching, whether it's, you know, business founders or working one-on-one with people is you are really rooted in the world of science and behavioral science. Um, I'd love to learn like what led you to doing what you do now. Totally. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here by the way. Um, and I'm glad you haven't had someone like me on here before. That's kind of fun. You know, I am, um, I always kind of say like, I date myself, but like, I'm, I'm sort of an OG in this space because I was doing this work before it was like, cool. You know what I'm saying? Like now, like the coaching industry is, is cool. And, you know, um, a lot of people got into coaching, especially over the pandemic. And I, um, I have been fascinated with human behavior, like honestly, since I was a kid, I feel like my mother used to joke that my friends should charge me for therapy sessions when I was like in high school. <laughs> like I would be on the phone for hours. Remember when you shared a phone line and they're like, are you still on the phone? You're like, yes, Sally has a problem with her boyfriend and I need to help her. So I, I really was, I do very much believe like everyone has a purpose. And I talk so much about that. I really do combine like science and spirituality and metaphysical things in, in, in this very kind of fluid way. But I do believe that you always have a, everyone has a purpose and you're always in your purpose, if that makes sense. And so, but you can't connect the dots looking forward. Like Steve Jobs says, is you can look, connect them looking back. So when I look back in hindsight, I was like, well, I was always going to be a therapist. Like I, I, I sort of always knew that I was always going to be in psychology. I always wanted to help people. I had a few deviations along the way, as we all do, but I think I was always fascinated with why people do what they do. And it stemmed from, um, in my earlier days, I was a ballet dancer. And I don't, I don't know if you know anything about the dance culture, but especially back then, it was very much like a very um, interesting 
petri dish of eating disorder and all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And um, I was trained in like a very classical ballet method. And I remember, I'll never forget, like there's certain flashbulb moments that have happened in people's lives. And you're like, I'll never forget this moment. And I was, you know, dancing, I think at that point, like four or five days a week, it was pretty crazy after school. And, um, you know, I was going through puberty. So I was developing in certain areas and my ballet teacher at the time, she's, she's now passed many, many years ago. She was the same teacher who taught Mikhail Baryshnikov. Like she was the real deal. Wow. And she, yeah, she came up to me and she started grabbing my butt and grabbing my boobs. And she was basically like, what's happening here, you know? And this was, this was the context that, you know, and so what's really fascinating to me, Chloe, is I never personally struggled with an eating disorder. And I was always very curious as to like, why did I not, given that I had all the reasons to, and all these other people around me were. And then it sort of led to when I was in university, I think my roommate at the time, she was struggling with an eating disorder. And then all of this set the stage up for my first job out of school was volunteering at a place called Sheena's Place. And it sort of got me into... Um, it got me into therapy in this interesting way. Like I kind of showed up in this way of eating disorder. I don't, and I, I, I don't do that work anymore. Um, but I was always fascinated with what has somebody go in a direction like this nature versus nurture idea. Like I had all the predisposition to go down that road. And yet there was a place of resiliency or there was something else that was hold that was there for me to anchor into. And so it got me really fascinated with human behavior, human design, like why people do the things they do, why they are the way they are, um, addiction, all of that. So I don't know if that gives you kind of like (laughs) a 20 year, you know, a many year synopsis of um, how much I just am obsessed with this work. Like I live it, I breathe it, I love it. Oh my gosh. No, thank you for sharing that. It's always, it's always a challenging question to like kick it off because you're like, well, how much time do you have? Because I've been doing this a long time, but no, but it's always so fascinating to me. Like what bring, especially people that work in this kind of space, Mm -hmm. choosing to kind of dedicate their, their life's work to making an impact and helping people. I'm fascinated like with what drives people to make that type of career choice. And for most people that I ask that question, it becomes very clear that it's less about a choice and more about a calling or more about like being aligned with what like your inner you is like craving. And it sounds like for you, Mm. you were kind of always destined on this path. It was just a matter of like how you were going to get there and what kind of industry you're going to eventually focus on. Absolutely. I love that you just said that, you know, like I say so much that people are, you know, I help one of the things I help people do funny enough is find their purpose. And I, I think it's really interesting because every day people say to me, how do I find my purpose? How did you find your purpose? And I'll always say like, what if you're never not in your purpose? What if everything that you're doing, if you allow yourself to be guided by your inner wisdom and the inner nudges and the things that inspire you and fascinate you, like every one of us has a very specific specific blueprint. And so you're always in your purpose, so to speak, right? Because every decision that you make is leading you somewhere. And so rather than asking like, what is my purpose? Even reframing it to like, if I was already in my purpose, right? What would I be doing? So I, to your point, like, I, I think that this has totally been a calling. And what's interesting is that um, throughout the pandemic, like I just before the pandemic hit, I had a, a practice on Bay Street where I would see people one-on-one and I had completely burnt out and I decided to shut it down. Yeah. And then I, I sort of knew I wanted to start to offer things online. And then the pandemic hit 
And it was like the perfect, like honestly divine intervention where the work that I started to put out in the world was the work that the people needed the most was to get grounded, to like really think about their purpose, their desire to really understand their core beliefs and what holds them back. And that is how my business really took off over the last three years was that, you know, I also follow the nudges where people are afraid of making a mistake. We mm-hmm. talk about that a lot. We're so afraid of changing course. We're so afraid of pivoting. We're so afraid of getting it wrong that we, we sometimes don't get it right. You know what I'm saying? So three years ago was really when everything really came together for me. Which I think is super inspiring that even you, you know, who does mm-hmm. really powerful, impactful work, even you got to a place where you were still loving it, but you were burnt out. And okay. I think that's so important to talk about because it doesn't matter who you are, um, or what you do and how much joy it might bring you or, or passion it brings to your life or how many people you impact. Like you are still a human being at the end of the day and burnout does not discriminate. Does not what you do. Honestly, I, Chloe, I can talk for eons about burnout. I literally did a workshop during the pandemic about it. And part of this experience of burnout is something I've really looked at for myself is when I, I really, I really hold this um, belief that everything I do from a place of alignment makes me successful and happy and aligned. And everything I do from a place of misalignment makes me burnt out and miserable. Mm. And so it's funny because women specifically, like I, most of my audience is women. We always have like one or two men in the group, like the, you know, the token men <laughs> who hang out with like a hundred women, but most. I love those guys, by the way, I if you're them. listening to this and you're one of those dudes. We love you. We We appreciate you being here. Thanks for coming. Serious. I have so much respect for a man that can really hold space for a group of women, but I feel that women specifically really struggle with this burnout because we have what's called like human giver syndrome. Like we want to over give, we want to take care of people. We're often playing the role of a mother, a wife, an entrepreneur, all these things. And so we do these things from this place of like our, our own tank is not full. And so one of my biggest kind of the, your mess is your message kind of idea is that I, in my previous version of my career, I like hit burnout three or four times. I mean, my whole podcast was built on this idea of like from burnout to seven figure business owner. And it's like, I literally live this life of should have to got to it's right to blah, 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 had no clear understanding of my boundaries, where I started when, where people end or whatever. And I truly started to really look at this idea of everything I do from a place of alignment, everything I do from a place of alignment makes me successful. And everything I do from a place of should have to lack fear, scarcity makes me burnt out. Mm. And so I've really helped um, a lot of the women in my in my world who work with me, uh, interestingly, are entrepreneurs. A lot of them are naturopathic doctors or doctors or like just or entrepreneurs. And it is like, so it's become this like uh, epidemic that these people just hit burnout as like a way of operating. And so I'm, I'm very much inspired to teach women that it is absolutely mandatory to put down healthy boundaries in your life and business if you want to be successful. Like boundaries is like my favorite thing, Chloe, to talk about because I am someone who was boundaryless. I am someone who did not understand a boundary to save my life. I was someone who had a, a parent that had narcissistic tendencies. And if anyone here is listening, I love to talk about that because, you know, kids of narcissistic parents do not know boundaries because they're such enmeshment. I, mm-hmm. I talk, talk a lot about that. And so I always felt like if I said, Chloe, you know, um, I'm, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. I, I often felt like I would lose people if I spoke my truth. And so 
putting down healthy boundaries and knowing when to say no is like, honestly, what is imperative now more than ever. Wow. I mean, there's so much I want to get into, but you, you've said something twice now. So I want to start there. And that was for you in your journey mm-hmm. of, you know, being burnt out and now being in a place where you've got clear boundaries was really connecting with the things that felt aligned to you. And when you made decisions um, that felt in alignment, you didn't feel burnout tendencies. And then if you made decisions that were, you know, not quite aligned. So how do we, where do we start? Like, how do we figure out like what it is that isn't aligned? with our inner core values, because that feels like a really tangible, practical place to start the journey, whether you're like trying to avoid burnout or even just trying to connect with your deeper purpose. A hundred percent. And more than, so so totally, I'm so glad we're going here. More than even connect with your purpose and more than even all those uh, uh, like avoiding burnout. If you're thinking about you know, tapping into abundance, for example, Mm -hmm. I talk a lot about the universal laws. I talk a lot about like the, the real physics behind how the universe works. And when we talk about alignment, Chloe, you're always, you always have to ask yourself like alignment to what, right? So people are like, they always want to use the buzzword. Like I I'm in alignment. And it's like, well, you can be in alignment to success, or you can be in alignment to scarcity. You can be in alignment to burnout, or you can be in alignment to boundaries. So it's always like alignment to what? So that's the first piece. The second thing is this alignment is really all about energetics. Like, you know, in your body, right. When something feels like a hell yes, you're just like, like this podcast, for example, like it's really, I'm using this as a great example. Um, my team, we get asked a lot to ha- like to speak on podcasts. And I, I used to be the kind of person that would be like, I would say yes to all of it. Cause I thought I should say yes to all of it. And now I'm like, I want to say yes to the things that feel aligned. It feels good. I, I, I checked out your profile. I felt an alignment with you. And I was like, yes, this feels like it's an alignment. I could easily be doing a podcast with someone else at this time and feel like, no, it's not in alignment, but I feel like I should. And that would leave me with a depleted energy, so to speak. So the first thing I always say to people, when you're even thinking about alignment, you have to ask yourself the question, alignment to what? Mm-hmm. If you're going to be in alignment to your desire, or you're going to be in alignment to fear, because you can take actions in alignment to fear just as easily as you could take them in election into um, in alignment with desire. So my mindset has been in, I mean, this is 41 years in the making. Like I certainly have had to train myself to say the most important thing for me is my energy. And if I feel like it's off in a certain way, or I don't want to do something because energetically it feels off, that's a great place to say I'm not in alignment. And this gives people the permission, I think, because some people are very like, well, I think I have to do this thing to be successful. And I'm like, great. How does that thing make you feel? They're like awful. I'm like, so you're calibrating to the energy of awful. Do you think that (laughs) (laughs) when you say it like that, it makes so much fucking sense. Like it's simple. So like, you know what I mean? But I think sometimes we stop ourselves from like feeling joy, pleasure, passion. Mm -hmm. And we have like convinced ourselves that in order to be successful, and that looks different for every human, it has to suck. It has to feel awful. It has to be like exhausting Mm -hmm. in every sense of the word. And you're out here reminding us that it, it doesn't need to be like that, especially not all the time. No. And like to that point, this is such a beautiful conversation because it's literally everything I've been uh, teaching. Like I have a program called morning mindset club and every morning we meet and it's kind of like, we call it like synagogue with Adele Tevlin. Like it's a 15, 20 minute call. And I like share like a reflection for the day. And we, like I do a teaching and it's really powerful. And what I've been really like 
talking about a lot lately is this idea of alignment and really talking about this idea of joy being a magnet to your next level. And I share a very personal story about this. So joy being a magnet to your next level. Like this is, if you're listening to this, like I really need you to anchor into this. So I was literally someone who ran a, te- a business of 10 years on Bay Street. I was like successful and quote, I'm air quoting for those of you who can't see me <laughs> successful because like I looked successful on paper, but I was literally miserable inside. And for so many reasons we don't need to get into, but I was not in alignment with what I desired. I was also burnt out. I was also broke. I was also all the things. And I had a, I had a mentor at the time. Um, and this is no word of lie, Chloe. Like I literally share this story with my community, like, I had this spiritual mentor and it was the first time I had worked with someone like that. And she said to me one day, I was working in my office. I was seeing like 30 clients a week for like therapy. It was just a disaster. I was burnt out. I was exhausted. And the funny thing is I wasn't making enough money to pay my team. So it wasn't even like the trade-off didn't make sense. It was like, I'm working all this. And this is what a lot of people who are listening are going to understand because they have this they have this core belief that I have to work hard to be successful. And we'll, we'll park that and talk about it in a second. And so I was literally like raised in a very type A family where it was like good grades, good degrees, work hard, do that, do that, do that. So when I had this, I started working with this mentor and she asked me one day in session, I'll never forget the day this happened. She said to me, what brings you joy? And I remember being like, um, are you? dumb. Like, what do you mean? What brings you joy? Like, I was like, I don't know what brings me joy. I was like, I was so angry. And I, I, it's like the anger of resonation with truth. Like I was like, she, she pushed a button. She's like, what brings you joy? I was like, I I don't know. Like, am I even allowed to experience joy? What does that have to do with my business? And she's like, okay, here's your homework. She's like, you're going to go and clear your calendar this week. Basically, you're going to start to fire clients that don't align with you. And you're going to carve out time every day for an hour or two in the middle of your day. And you're going to go do things that bring you joy. Hello, hello. It's Chloe's Clarence Pick of the Week. Ooh, ooh, all right. Oh, I'm loving this chat with Adele. All right, really quickly, who else is obsessed with having hydrated, plump, luscious lips? There's nothing I hate more than dry, chapped lips. But I want, um, I want the hydration while also having a punch of color and Clarence Jolie Rouge lip liqueur does exactly that it's a super hydrating lip liqueur stick which really feels like a lip balm which gives you this amazing shine without being sticky or glossy and as well intense long-lasting color and hold um if you're curious about what color I'm feeling I really like Woodbury aka 759 so if you want to twin with me definitely get that but yeah, this feels amazing. To be honest, I'm wearing it at home right now in my pajamas. Like I have no business wearing a lip liqueur right now, but it feels so damn good on my on my lips. I couldn't help myself. So whether you're at home by yourself or you're out on a hot date or you're brunching with the gals, treat your lips with a little Clarence. All right, let's get back to the chat. And I literally was like, this woman is absolutely nuts. And, but I'm, something inside of me was like, I, I mean, I can't lose more than I am right now. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget the day that I made the decision that I was going to do that. I literally in a week closed down my practice on Bay Street. I literally got rid of like half my clients. I literally raised my rates. And I literally said to myself, 
I'm, I'm going to carve out every like time every day to do things that bring me joy. So this is how it started for me. Literally, this was the year that my business went from barely being able to pay my team to scaling to seven figures and above was the moment I made the decision that I was going to literally create joy as an imperative in my life. And it started with things like, for those of you listening, I'm saying this to you because it sounds ridiculous, but this is the stuff that I had to start with because I didn't have an anchor for joy. It was like, go for a, get a coffee and walk with a podcast in the woods. And it was just like, I, even to this day, it's something I do every day. Like I need to be up. So, and I would just start to calibrate to like the feelings of being in nature and being doing things that brought me joy. And so I started to pepper it in. And that was literally where I think it was like one of my most pivotal TSN turning points in my life was that joy became a magnet for the next level. So that became a magnet for my business expanding online, becoming a global business, selling out tens of thousands of programs. This all happened in in the year that the pandemic hit. And it was because I stopped aligning to grinding and I started to align to alignment and joy, if that makes sense. It sounds too good to be <laughs> true, but I know you're not a liar. So I know you're telling us the truth, yes, but the truth. being someone who also is located and situated in Toronto, there is definitely a hustle mentality in this yes. city. Mm-hmm. And I see that in my friends. I see that in my colleagues, we all have a job, a side hustle. We're volunteering. We love to travel. We love to go out. We love blah, 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 blah. And there's like, it feels like we're just kind of on this hamster wheel. And I think for so many of us, we feel like, you know, carving out time for joy with just ourselves feels like it goes against everything this city kind of stands for in that hustle mentality. And I think it's kind of really beautiful and simple to be like, hey, maybe start finding joy and start anchoring to it and seeing what happens, especially if you're listening to this and you're like, I am definitely lacking some joy right now. Like, why not try? So let's, this is so good. Cause I agree with you. My husband and I talk about the energetics of Toronto all the time. You know, we've lived here, we live downtown, like part of us, we've had to unplug from that frequency because it can be so frenetic. So let me talk to you about, for those of you that are like science, you need the science. Let me talk to you about the energetics of why joy. Okay. So, cause it's not just like esoteric, like just go do joy. It's like, you have to understand that this is a balance, right? So I didn't just like stop working and just did joy. I, I literally started to peel back Chloe from the frenetic, intense, um, overdrive, uh, very dominant masculine mode that the city can hammer in. Because you have to understand that the laws of the work of the universe work in that we have to be both in the masculine and the feminine, the doing and the receiving, the doing and the receiving. And for most people, they're either really good at the doing and shitty at the receiving or really good at not doing anything and only good at receiving. So it's like that's imbalanced. So for me, I was an overdoer. I was an overachiever. So I had to actually learn the energetics of, yeah, totally right. I had to learn the energetics of saying, okay, when I'm in that sympathetic nervous system, that overdrive, um, first of all, I'm in like a frenetic kind of fight or flight reaction and you cannot manifest from that state. So as someone who teaches the science of manifestation, one of the things you have to understand about joy is that if you look at it on a, at the scale of consciousness, which is Dr. Uh, David, uh, David Hawkins work, it's called the map of consciousness. Joy is a frequency that's pretty much in alignment with 
the frequency of love. Okay. And anything at the frequency of love and above is the realm of manifestation. So it puts you literally like it magnetizes and harmonizes you with the abundance in the universe. When you're coming from fear, when you're coming from, from anxiety and anger and frustration, which are all very, very low frequencies, like you can actually measure this on your body. Mm. It's like, this is why people, they feel like they burn out and can't get ahead because they're literally trying to do math like two plus two should equal six and it never will. So I had to actually understand. So as someone who's scientific myself, I was like, let me play with this energetics. And that's what I encourage each of you to do. Like, don't take my word for it. Go try this. Like start to play with the energetics of if I show up today and I make a declaration that I'm going to embody joy, I'm going to do things from this place of gratitude and joy. I'm going to slow down and I'm going to do at least one thing every day that puts me in that frequency. I want to start to observe like a scientist what opens up in my life. Because when we do things from a place of fear, we propagate more fear. When we do things from a place of panic, it's, it's rooted in lack. It's rooted in, we live very much in this mentality of not enough. I talk about so many about our core, core wounds and core beliefs. And one of those huge core beliefs for people is that I have to work really hard to be successful. And one of the things I talk about is that, you know, and maybe this will resonate for you, Chloe, there's a difference between hard work and work ethic. Okay. So let's talk about this for a sec. If you think about cause and effect, like if everybody who worked hard was successful, then like people at restaurants and that do take the garbage out would be millionaires. Hard work in and of itself does not lead to success because you have to have the right cause and effect for wealth. So so as someone who was working hard all the time, I didn't understand I wasn't in the right cause and effect. If that makes sense, like the math didn't add up. So working hard in and of itself never leads to success. Let's call it even financially. Now, there's a difference between that and work ethic. So if you look at very successful people, they have strong work ethic. But that doesn't mean that you have to be going into burnout and working 24 hour days, because if you're working 24 hour days, but you're not in the right cause and effect to be successful, it makes no sense. So when I teach people this, they're like, Oh my God, this makes so much sense. Like there is working in the right way. And then there's working hard. If that makes sense. How good was it (laughs) when you and your personal journey started to you know, obviously learn this in paper format from like a research perspective, but then started to live it and see the results. When you went from having a practice on Bay Street in Toronto, having 30 clients a week, which is a lot of clients, but you were in a place where financially you were leaning towards broke and then you changed things, started aligning more towards joy, now have this incredibly successful global business. Like, on a human level, like how did that feel for you when it started to shift and change? I just got goosebumps. Um, it, it honestly felt like, and this is going to sound crazy, but I talk about this, like I teach this so much because I truly like now have embodied it in my heart. We have a paradigm. Most people grow up in a paradigm where they believe that everything is hard. Life is hard. Success is hard. And if you think about it, you know, I grew up with parents that were immigrants. They came here from, from Russia. I'm first generation Canadian. Like my parents, it's the whole immigrant story. They had like no money, like, like all the thing, you know, like the tribute to the immigrants, they're like the hardest workers in the world, like three jobs, this, that, the other. So 
my whole life was from the, the worldview that everything was hard. Okay. And so I literally spent my life making everything hard. And I started to, when I started to apply these principles and work with different mentors that kept saying things to me, like Adele, success is easy. And I remember being like, this is like hearing that the sun is like purple. You're just like, what? No, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. And I, he, you know, certain mentors would say to me, like, and I come from, uh, I come from mentorship, like Bob, like, like Bob Proctor and those people. So they would say things like, success is your birthright. Every human being is born to be successful. Success is easy. We just make it hard. And for honestly, two years, Chloe, I played with, and I, I recorded my voice saying it and I would listen to it over and over again. Cause I talk about repatterning the brain. Success is easy. Success is easy. Success is easy. And what happened over time, spaced repetition over time is my mind started to scan. Cause you have a part of the brain called the reticular activating system. So it scans for information that matches your belief, right? So because I always believed everything was hard, I was like, okay, success is easy. Things are easy. Everything's easy. And what happened over time is I would start to see evidence that things were easy. And that, that is literally where the embodiment started to happen, where I was like, oh my God, once I, I tapped into ease, I go looking back, I was like, I can't believe I've made my life so hard for so long. Like literally it's like, it's like waking up and you're kind of in the matrix and you're like, what the hell have I been doing? Like every relationship was hard. My finances were hard. I, 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 I was bankrupt once in my life. Like I had all of these limiting beliefs and ideas about life because we are literally a product of the belief system that we were inherited into our parents and not for any fault of their own. This is the work I teach. It's like, we literally have to reconstruct and reprogram the beliefs that we inherited from our parents. It's like, I believe that I had to, everything was about hard work. And I had believed that I had to, everything was a struggle. And so when I started to play with what if it were easy, success is easy. And I would stomp around the house and I like, swear to God, like no word of a lie. My husband is my witness. My son, who's now six would be like stomping behind me being like, it's easy. It's easy. He didn't know what I was doing. Right. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. It's just like mom's off the reservation. But I was like, I was so committed. I was like, I am not doing this anymore. There has to be a better way. And so I started to create I started to create a narrative and a, and a new subconscious paradigm and story that like, what if it actually was this easy? If you really think about nature, Chloe, like you look at nature and nature evolves in this very easy, miraculous way. It doesn't struggle unless human beings interfere. And so I started to really play with the laws of the universe and nature because it's scientific and it made sense to me. And I just thought about how, if I could just start to look through the lens of things are easy and then it became easy over time. And so now for me, making money in my business is easy. Doing things in alignment with my purpose is easy. I don't even, um, I want to say this in an interesting way. Like I don't tolerate difficult anymore. And that doesn't mean I don't deal with difficult challenges in my life, but I don't make them hard. See, people make things hard. Things are not hard in and of itself. We literally are like, we make it hard. We make love hard. We make relationships hard. We make finances hard. I made them hard my whole life. So, so we got to take back some of that control. We got to shift mm -hmm. the stories and the, the beliefs that are living in our head. Even, yeah. even if you had a difficult childhood, even if there's trauma in your yeah. life, it sounds like we all have it within us. Mm 
mm-hmm. to reprogram our subconscious beliefs. It might not be easy. It might not be overnight. But what I'm hearing is that you can take back feelings of empowerment. And I mean, I, I'm sure you you dive into so much of it with your online courses and friends, of course, go check out all the links down below um, to learn more. But what are some simple mm-hmm. ways we can examine our current limiting beliefs that are then leading to self-fulfilling prophecies of life is hard. And then you see evidence everywhere showcasing that it's hard to then shifting to a more uh, empowering belief. Absolutely. I love it. So I want to touch on one thing you said, because I think it's important. I want to skip over it. So the work that I do is very trauma informed. So where people start with me often is that they've They've had some kind of unprocessed trauma. And the truth is, Chloe, every one of us does. So let me explain this because I want to take away any stigma. Of course, there's various degrees of trauma, but I'm talking about to a child's mind because under the age of seven is where we really imprint our belief systems and our worldview. And I'm not going to get too into that because it's, it's we talk so much about the conscious subconscious mind, and but really kids under the age of seven are susceptible to suggestion because they don't have a conscious mind yet. So when a child is experiencing something at six years old, they don't have the consciousness to be able to discern, oh, my mom, you know, she's just having a hard day at work. They make it mean about them because they don't have a filter to see it differently. So sometimes people don't even realize they have unprocessed trauma because they think they had a great childhood. So they don't even allow themselves to, you know, how many times I've heard, but I had a great childhood. I'm like, so what? You're saying that as a 40-year-old, but how did you feel as a five-year-old when your mom did this or that happen and you made it mean something about yourself? We've got to allow ourselves to be perfectly imperfect in this Mm -hmm. situation so that we don't make it wrong that we even have this unprocessed trauma. So that's a whole other conversation for another day is like how you can even tell you have unprocessed trauma. We can talk about that, but to make a long story short, I've worked with tens of thousands of people and most people have some level of unprocessed trauma. Okay. So how you can tell, and what I mean by even that is that you just have a belief. You have something in your belief system that is linked to some feeling of not feeling worthy or good enough or lovable. Really, that's what it all boils down to. When you look, Chloe, at why people do the crazy shit they do in their life, it all boils down to to either feel deeply unlovable, deeply unworthy, or deeply not good enough. And ain't that the truth? Like, really? Like, is there really any other reason people do ballistic things? No, it's like your, your core wound gets activated. Like you get in a fight with your husband and you're like, he doesn't love me anymore. You know, even though it's like, he just got mad that you didn't take out the garbage. But we, (laughs) so, so we really need to deconstruct this, but how you can tell you're living at a belief system that doesn't serve you anymore is the best and easiest way is look at your results. So your results are always telling you what you believe on a subconscious level. So when I was like bankrupt or always, you know, never had enough money, like, or just had enough. It was just enough, like enough to pay the rent, never always worrying about how much something cost. When I trace back the belief, it was really came from this idea of there's never enough. And that came from my parents because God bless their cotton socks. They literally lived in a time where there wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. So I inherited subconsciously the belief that there's never enough. So I literally created a reality, Chloe, where there was never freaking enough. So people don't have to, this is not a like a detective situation. It's actually quite easy. Just go look at your results. Look at your results in your relationship. Look at your results in your finances. Look at your results with your health. If you keep, if there, if there is this pattern that's constantly looping, like 
I make, I make money and then I spend it immediately and I never have any in the bank account. What belief might you have about money? Or I constantly call in the same partner and it's, it never works. And I just feel like shit after, well, what belief do you have about love? I constantly gain in weight and lose the same, you know, 10 pounds. What belief do you have about your health? And so that's like the simplified way of your results tell you what you believe. Look at the receipts. Yeah. Don't <laughs> lie. I mean, I feel like I could have a 18,000 part podcast, <laughs> yeah, <with> sure. <laughs> but you know, got to respect time and the fact that you're a massive business owner. Also, I didn't even say thank you before earlier when you said that you only say yes to things that feel yeah. good. And <laughs> we're so, so, so grateful to have yeah. you. And I know one of the things that you know, you proudly exclaim to the world is that you are a pattern interrupter. Yeah. And I think that's such like an amazing superpower as like a coach and a professional. Mm-hmm. What would you say is like the top pattern that you, uh, especially because you work a lot with female entrepreneurs. I know this community is full of them. Oh my God. I literally could talk about this for eons as well, but we can maybe do a part two sometime. <laughs> the biggest pattern, Chloe, and I say this with so much love and compassion, like, and so much, I get it. Cause I literally had to like, this was my biggest wound to heal. The biggest pattern I see for people is the victim mentality pattern. The pattern of life is happening to me. Life is hard. It works for others. It doesn't work for me. It can't be that easy. This is too good to be true. Like it's this idea of I'm helpless, I'm a victim. And what happens when we're in that place, which is really like the nuances of this work is on some level, it keeps us in relationship to staying safe and it gives us an out for actually changing. And I am like a laser fucking ninja with this pattern. Like I... (laughs) In my communities, my, my, my clients are always like Adele will ninja the shit out of that. Like I do not allow people to swim in that arena because I see their power and I, I see their greatness. And I, I very much allow people to step into their power, but change can't happen, Chloe, until someone takes hundred percent responsibility for their life as is. And you can't take responsibility and be a victim at the same time. And so you have to make a choice. Like I had to make a choice four years ago when my coach said at the time, go do joy. And I was like, she's out to lunch. I actually had to make a choice that I actually don't get to be a victim anymore and want to be wildly successful at the same time. And I chose in that moment to let go of all of life's happening to me, that it's not my fault. It was this person's fault. I had to let go of that as hard as that was at that time. And that is, that is kind of one of the things that had me quantum leap the quickest. So the pattern I see to answer that question, the pattern I see the most for a lot of people is they can't connect the dots to the fact that in so far that they need to be a victim, they also can't wildly be successful at the same time. Friends, I'm feeling so inspired to take ownership of my life, to take full responsibility, to prioritize joy on a daily basis, to walk around my house and stomp saying things that I want to invite to challenge those self-limiting beliefs and to also look at the receipts to actually face those self-limiting beliefs. And for anyone who feels like they had a shitty childhood, it's not your fault. It does not mean you're broken. Adele is here to empower all of us to see that we all have the power within us. Um, I can't thank you enough for sharing your time and your expertise. You are such an inspiration for like 
being at a position where you felt you kind of hit a wall and then you just fucking broke down that wall and created a whole new space for yourself. And as a result are helping like tens of thousands of people around the world. So if you enjoy this, go check out Adele's Instagram, her website, you have so many courses, you've even got freebies. So thank you so, so, so much Adele. Thanks Chloe. This was awesome. And I just want to say one last thing. Like I also, for people that need to know this, like at the time that all this was going down, I was a single mother to like a then three or two year old. And like, for those of you that have situations where the circumstances don't look awesome, I need you to know that in a moment, everything can change. Like you are powerful, even notwithstanding the circumstances. Does that make sense? Like it wasn't easy for me. And I need people to know that because I never want people to put me on a pedestal where like, well, she did it because of this. No, my circumstances were a complete disaster. And I want you to know that like, you can do, if I can do it, you can do it. And I truly do believe that. I mean, now I love you even more. I was raised by single moms. I respect this so much. Adele, thank you. I think we might have to do this again. I appreciate you so much. Well, 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 who else is feeling fired up and inspired after that chat? Yeah, same here. I can't believe I'm saying this, but just like that, another episode of the Healthy is Hot podcast in the books. Once again, I'm your host, Chloe Wild. And look, if you enjoyed this, go ahead and subscribe so you never miss out. Rate and leave us a cute little comment. Follow us on Instagram at Healthy is Hot. And remember, healthy is fucking beautiful. We'll see you next week. Brought to you by Clarence.